Let's begin now. Welcome into After Hours with Dusty Likens as he finally gets his headphones done. I'm Jed Marshall. I'm going to let Dusty take it from here. I think we need to start doing this more often. I did just have a very complicated issue that just happened with my headphones. I don't know what happened. They were all like coiled and curled all up in my all up in my biz. I've never seen anyone struggle that much. That was tough, man. I thought I held it together, though. I still have Megan the Stallion in my mind. I can't get her out of my mind, man. I think seriously, I think I'm in love a problem it's a big problem i've been struck by cupid she threw out that first pitch yesterday and i would have been like that guy at that dodgers game running out on the field with a ring ready to propose real talk real talk i love fridays man although kind of a scary day i do have uh buddies that live in arkansas so hasn't been the greatest day for people out there as i'm sure you've seen videos of those uh, catastrophic tornadoes. So I hope my friends are doing well out there. I have talked to them. My buddy said that he had to, he said he, I think word for word text was that he had to hide in the, or he had to like go to the bathroom of his place of work. And he said like the typical cliche things of the tornadoes and said, basically it was like a freight train loud as hell going over for about 30 seconds. And he said it was just super eerie. So Prayers off to people in Arkansas. That's never good to see videos like that. A former employee one time teased a tornado on the air. Sean Levine. Um, tonight is uh, Friday night. He did. He literally goes, there's a tornado somewhere in Kansas. I'll tell you on the other side. Right here on 610 Sports Radio. That's my Levine impersonation. That's a true story. I didn't make that up. But again... I know my friends are safe. I know they have all their family members are there. But again, those videos uh, from Little Rock are absolutely just devastating to see. It was tough driving in here today. I mean, I know we didn't have any like damaging weather, but that wind is stupid. That wind is is dumb. I mean, it is. It, it, I, I drove from the southeast to the northwest, and I feel like it was coming straight out of the west and just splitting my car in half with just wind. Absolutely terrible. But it is Friday night. Um, somebody from the 316 says, been in a nader, no choke, scared, effing blankless. I've never been in one. I've had dreams where I think I've, like, seen a tornado, but I never saw one. I've never been in one. Been in a microburst. Coincidentally, the same night I went and saw Twister in the movie theater. I was, like, eight years old. It was one of the weirdest things I've ever been a part of. I think a microburst is when it, like, Touches down, goes back up, touches down somewhere else, goes back up. I think that's what that's called. I could be wrong. I'm not a weather expert. Don't claim to be one, but this is After Hours on a Friday night. Dusty Ligon's with you, Jed Marshall, as well. You heard him with his intro. That is a new thing that we're doing on this program. 
that and Jed's new nickname is Genuine Jed. That's not. It is. People have, people have reached out to me and said that they love that that's a, that's a good nickname. It works. It feels right. And ever since we played My Pony by Genuine, it just it kind of just happens. But I'm the least genuine person. I'm, I'm completely I don't believe that. False in what I present. You always offer me things. Yeah, it's always the best. Yeah, that's genuine, man. Genuine Jed and the Dirty Werewolf. Think about it. It could go. Just golfed at Sycamore Ridge, 30-mile-hour wins all day, shot 66. I would be happy with that as well. I would I would be happy with that as well. Ooh-wee. That Megan the Stallion first pitch was sight to see. No doubt about it. Do you see the, the pitcher or the catcher afterwards that caught that pitch? He rested his hands right on that pillow. Right on that pillow. I mean ass when I say pillow. He knew what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. Um, but uh, Richard of the Week tonight, uh, the guy got it yesterday. I thought it was going to be Richard Sherman. I thought, Jed, for the first time ever, Richard of the Week was going to actually be named somebody Richard. Unfortunately, it's not. We are still trying like hell to get that sponsored by Dick Sporting Goods. I think that would be a fantastic sponsor for Richard of the Week. I could live read anything Dick Sporting Goods wanted me to. I've spent way too much time in that store. Very dangerous store. Uh, Jay Binkley at 630 as the draft cranks up. Some programming notes for Jay Binkley. Um, And also, this is probably the last time I do after hours in about two weeks. So for those of you that are happy with that, um, I'm sorry. For those of you that are mad about that, I'm sorry. But next week, I'll be with Alex Gold Monday through Friday because Cody's ass is going to be in Augusta National. Unfortunately, I don't get to go because I didn't win my drawing, but he'll be there. And then the week after that, I'll be with Josh Klingler filling in for Fesco for the entire week. So I'm gone from six to nine going up to the getting a call to the show, I guess is how we could call that. Maybe they'll give me a debut patch like they did yesterday for the Major League Baseball players that were making their debut. But again, I thought there was uh, some interesting things yesterday. I thought that opening day was not really as successful from a fan's perspective. I think there was a lot of disappointment going on, right? I think there was a lot of, oh, they got two hits and they lost. But it's the looming, I think, cloud that hangs over the fan base, I think, is the fact that a lot of people are upset with the product they're watching, upset that they can't watch the product on TV, and then the stadium looms large. It's, it's the money that we're using to maintain two old buildings. We could redeploy that same capital into do, doing something really special. Uh, in our case, moving the, this, um, you know, our, our operations downtown or near downtown, creating community impact, economic activity 365 days a year. And what you said, you know, this is about having a world-class ballpark and district that's competitive with our peers and at the end of the day, that's about being more competitive on the field. And if you look at the Atlanta Braves, that project they did in the battery, that has been a uh, that has created a lot of new revenue for the club. And look at what they've done, kind of locking up their core for the foreseeable future. You know, the, the Braves, it's not just from that real estate development, but they've certainly have positioned themselves very, very well from a baseball standpoint. So you hear the audio there from one John Sherman who was on Fesco in the morning. If you missed the full interview, you can go look at it on the podcast on Fesco in the morning. They have it very easily placed there for you. You just go literally to the Fesco in the morning 
podcast page on the Odyssey app or at sixhitsports.com, John Sherman segment. He also mentioned this uh, when it comes to the K is a good public facing. Some people stopping me yesterday, and I always get a mixed bag of feedback. But, you know, when you think about it, um, these are both old buildings out here. Look, they're, Coppin Stadium's been great. Fan-facing-wise, it's still a beautiful stadium. But, you know, there's lots of things that uh, that are not, uh, you know, competitive with our peers. So I asked the question. They're going to move the stadium. They're going to build a new stadium. It's going to go downtown. I believe the best spot for that is the West Bottoms. Am I wrong to have that opinion? Because I talked to it over with a, with a group of people last night, a group of guys, went out after the show, had some cocktails with some buddies, and I said, what would you think about a baseball stadium in the West Bottoms, slash, what would you think about a baseball stadium where the Kansas City Star building is? We all unanimously X'd out the, the KC Star location. Just because it doesn't seem fitting there, it doesn't seem like that's the spot. But West Bottoms, to me, seems like it would be a fun area for what they're trying to pitch to the public. And they mentioned that with a new stadium and, and revenue, you could then become successful like the Braves. At least that's kind of what I read in the tea leaves of John Sherman, which the Braves, they might have had a couple down years, and then they built it re, they've recently built it back up. They have a new stadium. In fact, their old stadium not as old as Kaufman, their new stadium, brand new, very nice, and their franchise is thriving. They've locked up all their young talent. We know how good that team is. But again, I feel like the West Bottoms is a good area. Some people would say, well, there's still local businesses down there. You mean to tell me that if somebody has a business down there in a bad building and somebody comes up to them and says, hey, we're going to move a stadium down here, we're going to demolish this area, but we're going to move you over here. I think nine out of ten people that would work in those buildings would say, you know what, that's fine. I'm okay with that. I'm good with an upgrade to a new area. The other thing that I think people will connect to the West Bottoms is the haunted houses. Now, call me a boomer if you want, but I don't think that we need to keep the haunted houses. I get it. They're iconic. Every year around Halloween, it becomes a huge deal. That that weird Beetlejuice guy has got the, the rat coming out of his mouth. At least he used to do it all the time. I don't know. But it's not the greatest area currently, and if you can give it a facelift and you can put a nice stadium down there with what would be a great backsplash of the city and throw a ballpark village down there as well, not only that, you might get people realizing that the old Kemper Arena's over there, the new Hy-Vee Arena's there. That brings attention. The guts of downtown Kansas City, right across the area. And from what I heard on Vern's postgame show yesterday, and... I retweeted a Mayor Lucas tweet, and it just absolutely went nuts with comments about, I don't want a new stadium. I want a new stadium. And then people complaining on Vern's postgame show, it was there about parking, about leaving, about traffic, about all this kind of thing. And I understand. I don't know what the true initiative would be when it comes to where you would park downtown or where you would you know, do all that thing. But I do believe that a downtown sports stadium is going to be the way. I think that's the area that I personally would like. And if I think there's a lot of people that are opinionated to this, that's fine. From the 816, Hy-Vee selling that arena. Okay. That arena is still down there, though. That old historic part of Kansas City is still down there. Bring it back to life. 
I do believe people would still make their way down there. I think people would still end up turning over to a new side, saying they do enjoy what that stadium is. There was audio from Pat McAfee's show a couple days ago. We barely touched it, but there's something that Mike Florio said that was very interesting, and I'm wondering how much longer does the NFL have at its ripest point, which it is right now, or will it soon but surely become stale? I think what they talk about will expedite that saying. I don't know if this makes me a degenerate or not, but I just bet on Iowa women's basketball team. You've seen their stud. She's uh, amazing. They play the uh, the world-dominant South Carolina women's basketball team tonight. Plus 11.5 and, and the under of 151. Plus 264, had a free bet, put it on there. Trying to win. It's a $10 free bet, trying to win 26. Put a little cash in that DraftKings account, you know? Let's go Hawkeyes. My sister-in-law goes there. Hey, or there went we there, excuse me. From the 816, West Bottoms is an absolute terrible idea. They put all caps in terrible. If the Royals win games, people wouldn't complain as much. I'm not one to complain about the downtown parking, but the West Bottoms specifically seems like it would be very difficult to get in and out of games. And then from the 785, for Comic-Con people, had to park at River Market and Southwest Boulevard and walk. There is no parking downtown. You can't park at all downtown? You can't, like, there's nowhere to park downtown? That's weird. I went to the Bruce Springsteen concert, sold out arena at the T-Mobile Center, parked in the garage, got in and out in, like, 25 minutes. I don't know. Maybe I just, maybe it doesn't exist anymore. All right, tone it down, Dusty. Nobody needs a smart ass in their ear. Nobody wants that. Pinkley at 6.30 as he joins us every Friday night, talking football, talking baseball, talking all sorts of stuff with Jay Binkley. You heard the promotion of the Character Concerns podcast. A lot of good stuff coming their way um, as it comes to life in less than a month at Union Station. Um, You'll have Binkley, Unicero, Nick Schwartz, all those guys giving you all the information. Speaking of the NFL, I thought this was an interesting discussion they had on Pat McAfee's show. We kind of preached, we kind of, Breached it a little bit the other night. We had a shortened show, two hours. Last night, we had about an hour and 25 minutes. Didn't really get back to it, but I want to talk about this before we lead into Jay Binkley uh, when they said the possibility the NFL will soon have 40 teams. Well, speaking of, you know, London and, to your point, playing games every night and the money of the league, do you expect there to be a couple expansion teams, whether it be in the United States, Canada, maybe even London? Do you think that's coming in the next 10 years? I think it is coming. I think they're going to start moving that that number from 32 in time, 34, 36, 38, eventually 40. Quarterbacks is the key. Is there ever going to be enough quarterbacks to have 40 NFL teams? But I think that would be the ultimate maximum number. The commissioner said at one point last year he envisions the possibility of a division in Europe. Two teams in London, two teams elsewhere in Europe. So... You can't relocate four teams. At some point, there's got to be expansion. And when it comes to the, the inventory, right, 18 games is the most they're ever going to get away with. So if you want to increase the total number of games so you can have games Tuesday night, Wednesday night, what? Friday night, Saturday what? night, at some point, you need more teams to get more games. 
You think there's enough quarterbacks? That was, you asked the question, I think, that a lot of us think. Pack, you think there's enough quarterbacks to have 40, 36? Yeah. You think I, so? I do. Cam Newton thinks so. Mm-hmm. I do. Well, he doesn't think there's. Well, obviously, point. some of the first-round guys will have to play right now um, if we expand it to mm-hmm. more. Because we got to think, like, the automatic comparison is the USFL or the XFL, but they can't get anybody that's even on an NFL roster. So that's three deep, at least, at most places. 32 teams, that's what, quick math, 96. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You do, so that's not, so like the, the 97th quarterback is normally the one that's available, potentially, if all, everybody's scouting properly yeah. for these spring leagues. That's low. But like 30, there's backup quarterbacks in places that yeah. are good players. And then you yeah. add another, your draft pick, you gotta add a draft pick to it too, so I think it's possible. Do you think we get to a point to which the NFL becomes stale? Because I think what the NFL has right now is a great product, fantastic product. It is sought after. People are pining already for a schedule release. People are drooling, champing at the bit for the NFL draft. I did find out recently via text line that it is champing, not chomping at the bit for whatever it's worth. Um, And the NFL and its product is great. I think sometimes our biggest downfall is when we have something that is very good, we tend to try to do things with it, and we end up affecting it in the negative way. The fact that you could have the common thought that 40 teams in the NFL is a thing. That right there to me, is a little bit egregious. You're going to over-liquidate your product. People will then be like, yeah, I mean, now it's just like everywhere. I don't need it. It's, you know, for reference. It's like bourbon for me. At first, when I started hunting bourbon, it was great. When you found that allocated bottle and you got it or you got the connection with the clerk and they were like, hey, I've got a bottle of Blanton's in the back. If you'd like to buy it today, if not, I can hold on to it. You get that experience. You get that high. Holy cow, I got a bottle of horse right there on my shelf. I have it. I've tasted it. You don't chase that, 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 that feeling anymore. It's not the same when you find others. And I think that what the NFL has a really bad problem with is just setting it there and letting it be. And we've seen this recently when they talk about the expansion of Thursday night football, when you add a second Thursday night game, but only for teams that are competitive. You've allowed Jeff Bezos to tamper with your product. You're still allowing Roger Goodell to be a clown with your product. And you're trying to do things and having conversations of expansion. And I don't think that you need to do that. Just let it be. You know, I don't know when the exact date that baseball became stale. But when they cracked out on steroids after everybody was done being allowed to just juice up and hit the ball 500 feet and things got different and shifts became weird and the rich continued to be rich and the poor continued to be poor, baseball kind of became, eh. Like, I don't even know if people consider it still America's pastime. I think it's just America's past. And football can have this same problem. Because 10 years ago, Thursday night football had a different feel than it has right now. 
right? Like, we remember Thursday Night Football when it first started. It's like, oh, this is cool. And then it was like, okay, now we're going to give every single Thursday Night Football to every single team in in the NFL. And I think what the NFL does with its rule changes and its listening to its audience to make things more enticing for the fan, I think that's fine and dandy. Changing the rule to where players can wear the letter zero or the number zero is not going to make your product stale. Adding eight teams to a league, adding eight to ten teams to a league, adding less talented rosters just to make it for there's a more supply of a, of a thing. No one's asking for this. And the fact that we're already having serious conversations about good football-minded people, I think McAfee can be on either side of the, of the idea of you like or don't like. Florio, same way. Those guys know football. They follow football for a living. Hell, one played for a living. They can see this coming. And I worry, is NFL getting to a point where it's electricity, it's excitement, and it's, it's attention, how many more years is it at the top of the mountain? Now, the good thing that it has with it is that the talent is always going to be getting better. Baseball and basketball are not really competing with it at a level that is worrisome. And it, yeah, has no rival. But people will then slowly but surely turn away if you overdo it, add more teams, and the rosters become fizzled out. And again, if you like the XFL, then you like this idea of more teams. We'll ask Jay Binkley about that coming up here in about five minutes as he joins the show. As it's Friday night. It's Bink and the Dustman and Genuine Jed here on After Hours. I seriously thought somebody farted in this song when I first heard the tune hit. I thought that was like somebody breaking wind. I don't know where I took my mind, but that's just where it was. NFL stats release these dates. The draft is in 27 days. Schedule releases in 41 days. Spring league meetings in 52 days. Training camp in 108 days. Preseason 125. And the 2023 regular season 160 days away. Jay Binkley is zero seconds away as he joins the show tonight. Mr. Binkley, how are you on this lovely Friday evening? I'm very good, Desmond. Very good. And I always thought that uh, Alanis set song does she? Does he have to make it linger? Was always about a fart as well. Ah, I don't think that's an Alanis Morissette song. Definitely that is the, the cranberries. cranberries. Oh, cranberries. Yeah. Whatever. But th- what was that song about flatulation? Uh, I don't think so. I thought it was. I, first, when I was a kid, I thought it was. Do you have to smell your finger? No, it's. Do you have to make it linger? Mm. Do you have to let it linger? I digress. I'm, I'm just saying it's reminding me of that. Listen to you. Do you think people can? Do you think people like their own brand when it comes to letting it linger? Like when you let one out, they do. when you let one out, do you crack the window in your vehicle? Nah, you just, it's useless. You just bask in it. That's right. Oh, that's interesting. All right. Well, I think that's all we need to hear from you tonight, man. I think we're good. I think we got everything covered. So uh, thanks for joining the show, and uh, we'll talk to you uh, next week. Just kidding. Um, Binkley, I do have to tell you this. I think I have found the holy grail at Quick Trip. Oh, well, I'm, I'm all ears because I absolutely love Quick Trip. Okay, so the holy grail at Quick Trip is you go in there and you order a sandwich and you get their buffalo chicken, like, grilled cheese toaster and add bacon. 
fantastic. Oh. Scarfed it down on the way here to the station. I murdered that sandwich. You can't go wrong. I mean, roller food's the best, but with them having a kitchen in Quick Trip, that's a game changer. Total game changer. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fine place to eat, does man. I mean, it is. It's no chilies. I know that's your spot, but it is. Uh, no. It is a very, very solid sandwich, and I was very impressed. They even cut it in half for you, which. I did disagree with the way they cut it in half. They cut it in, into two triangles, not into two halves. I'm a half sandwich guy, not a triangle guy. Well, test man, take a date to Quick Trip because um, they'd probably be a good date place. They got everything you need. Booze, seltzer, really tequila, chips, toilet paper, batteries, whatever you need. They got it at Quick Trip. Binkley. And um, licorice. I don't, I'm not into licorice. It tastes like plastic. Um I will say this, Binkley. I played the audio just now. I don't know if you were listening, but Florio was on with Pat McAfee. 40 teams in the NFL. Can the NFL, and you're a guy that would, I think, honest, honestly answer this question, is the NFL trending to become stale? I don't know if that's the case. It would be, I think, if the quarterback classes dried up. And, you know, that was the big thought, you know, when, when Jim Kelly was out of the league and John Elway who, and Peyton Manning, who's going to be the next uh, to carry the torch and Tom Brady or whatever. And then there's Mahomes and Burrow and Josh Allen and in the next generation of quarterbacks is good. Yeah. It's a little bit stale right now with the quarterbacks going forward, but I think electricity is coming to the position relatively soon. But uh, I, I don't think that uh, the NFL will ever be stale. You don't think you can ever get to that point, even if it is 40 teams and the talent is then, you know, kind of liquidated itself and it, it just, it becomes that product that is similar to the XFL. I, I don't think so. I mean, that would be tough. There's there's so many people that, uh, you know, are pretty much qualified to play in the national football league. And it's so hard to make a roster. I would personally hate if it got the 40 teams, uh, 36, my max. Yeah. As far as teams out there, but yeah, I think there's enough teams at least fill 36. Yeah. Um, so the Chiefs make a small signing today. They get that uh, safety on the roster. Does that basically eliminate safety as a pick for the Chiefs, or do you think they still kind of maybe find a defensive kind of hybrid guy in the draft like you had mentioned a couple weeks ago? Well, I think just pure safety is so tough in this draft. Though Last year was clearly a safety draft. This year um, it's not. Uh, and more and more, you know, teams are looking at corners or nickel corners, nickel corners, and, and putting them at the free safety position, mm-hmm. um, or looking for that hybrid guy. But uh, I think the Chiefs are pretty much set at the safety position. I don't see them going that direction. Matter of fact, I, I didn't have to take a single safety in every mock that we've done on uh, character concerns. We don't have not one single safety going to the Chiefs at this point. Um, last year, seven to 10 picks were on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this could be an offense laden draft. Do you still, do you, are you concerned that Jalen Hyatt didn't run the 40 or do you, do you, does that, does that bother you? Because I know that's a guy that's kind of within the microscope of the draft. I'm always concerned when someone's not going to run the 40, just like Jackson Smith, uh, Enigma mm-hmm. didn't run the draft, the 40 yard dash. And he's considered what the, to be the best receiver coming off the clock. Um, Jalen Hyatt's a good four-four guy. I mean, he's going to be just a, just a just a shade maybe slower than Sky Moore. It's very similar, uh, but he, he's a four-four guy. And oftentimes, guys get to the combine and don't want to run. This is a new trend. This is what guys do. Um, you know, they don't run this. They run the, the the shuttle and do everything else, but they don't run the forty. I'm not concerned about it because more and more guys are choosing not to do it. Um, I do think Jalen Hyatt's one of the four uh, difference makers, a wide receiver in the draft. 
does that like being an enigma like that, like not running or not throwing at your combine, does that necessarily hurt one way or the other? Or is it just kind of one of those things where it's like, well, we've got enough tape to know and we've seen them in college to know like what they can do. Is there, is that enigma of not having throwing or not having running? Is that hurting players in the future? Or is, is the sign of more of this happening, meaning that it doesn't really matter? I don't think it, it really matters. Now, Jalen Hyatt has been timed at 440 uh, in the 40 yard dash, and I don't, I don't think that's a big concern, but it's also their injuries. I mean, because obviously uh, Jackson Smith and Igba is coming off a huge injury with that hamstring and didn't play a whole lot. And I understand maybe, you know, there's days you wake up and you don't feel as good as you did other days. And what happens if that's the day of the combine? Mm-hmm. Do you really want your job resume? to be what you do is your combine. As long as they still run it at their pro day, I'm good with it. But when you don't run it at your pro day, you don't want the combine, that's red flags. But if you maybe skip the combine, you just do it at the pro day. I'd rather them do it at the combine because that's run by NFL people. Mm-hmm. The uh, pro days are run by the uh, individual colleges. Um, so it's a big difference. But I just think we're getting to that point, uh, Dusty, where everything in sports is so different that, you know, skipping the combine or skipping the bowl games like you see or even guys deciding not to play in the college football playoffs, we're going to start seeing that more and more. But uh, a guy that skips an event here and there, I'm good with. So when it comes to next year's Chiefs rosters, we can kind of talk about this team because I think a lot of it right now obviously is focused on the draft. But I think when you look at this Chiefs roster next year, who are you more anticipating to take a step, a big step forward in that receiver field? Because that is the hot topic, right? We've been we've been talking receivers for God knows how many weeks without football and you look at Sky Moore and you look at Kadarius Tony. Now there are reports that Chiefs see Kadarius Tony as their wide receiver one, but of course the injuries. Sky Moore kind of kind of a slow start to the season, but had a big touchdown in the Super Bowl, first career touchdown. Do you see bigger year from Sky Moore in year two or Kadarius Tony in year three? Uh, I see from Sky Moore. I, I think they know how good the Kadarius Tony can be when he plays. I mean, when he plays, he's electric. He did things on the football field. I haven't seen guys do. This. I mean, the stutter step and the, the moves and just leaving, you know, guys down in the in the dirt and breaking their ankles. If he stays healthy, that, that's one thing. If you're going to be number one wide receiver, I have to count on you. I have to count on you at least for 16 of the 17 games. So he's still got to get over that. Sky Moore has proven uh, to be a dependable guy physically. Um, he can catch everything thrown to him, which is, I know, huge for Andy Reid. Uh-huh. Uh, he did have the biggest hands in the combine, whether you go by that or not, but that, that's what he had last year in the combine. I don't like going by the workout videos people put, but, man, is it not impressive with Sky Moore. But I think some confidence was gained with him. You know, getting that first touchdown in the Super Bowl, uh-huh. um, you know, returning kicks when they had to in a pinch in the playoffs, even though, you know, he's a, he's a known fumbler you know, and not a, a punt returner, but still did it. And I just think he got so much confidence being with the Chiefs last year. And I know that they think the world of Sky Moore. Uh, I was glad they drafted him. What? No, Kuyper called him one of the best wide receivers in the draft. Uh, I mocked him to the Chiefs. I liked him that much. Um, I think he can take a step forward. I still believe he is a question mark, though. Okay. I don't think he totally answered all the questions you needed him to answer. Um, last football season is why the Chiefs are sitting there. Okay, do you bring in Odell, DeAndre Hopkins? He draft the wide receiver where you sit. And I think a lot of that comes from they're not 100% sure of what they have in Sky Moore. Beakley, last Chiefs question. Who's their first week opponent on uh, the opening Thursday night game and why? I think it's the Bengals. Okay. Um, 
I don't think they want a rematch of the Super Bowl just because of the last game played uh, with the Eagles. Obviously, the Bills would be a nice choice, but who cares? I mean, the Chiefs know how to beat the Bills in the playoffs. The Bills have been able to beat them at times, at least twice in the regular season. But Cincinnati's where the animosity is. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati was the team that uh, you know beat the Chiefs in the AFC title game, goes to the Super Bowl, they play them again the next year. Travis Kelsey goes on and on about the mayor, and the mayor was running his mouth. These teams genuinely don't like each other, and that is a huge draw to the NFL because the Bills and Chiefs, I mean, who cares? That's a snooze fest. Uh, everybody's kind of over the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs. But it's the Bengals. The Bengals are the team the fans don't like. The Bengals are the team the Chiefs players don't like, and I'm sure it's vice versa with the Bengals players and the Chiefs. I think there's no better option than Cincinnati. What did you think about yesterday with the Powder Blues and the opening day? I know it was a anticlimactic game. It was very flat, 2-0, two, two hits, blah, blah, blah. But baseball being back, Powder Blues, I'm sure you saw the, the baseball stories yesterday with the games. You, uh, you're the biggest football guy in the, in the state of Kansas and Missouri combined. But what does baseball being back mean for Jay Binkley? I think it's great. I mean, I absolutely love baseball. I know you do too, Dusty, and me and Vern have had a nice little home run game the last couple of years. It's a lot of fun. I love when the Royals are good. And again, it's always fun to be a fan when they're bad because when they're good, it means that much more. Um, I enjoy watching this team play. I love the leadership they have on this team because they can be themselves and don't really have to worry about expressing themselves like they may have the last couple of years. Um, I like it. The powder blue uniforms, I absolutely loved. I'm a little bit disappointed they did this before. They should have been wearing the powder blue pants years ago, Dusty. Yeah. And then they would put that powder blue out on Sundays, and they've changed it, I know, the last two years to have a different jersey. But, you know, if, if you're going to do it, do the pants as well. That's what people want. But that is a great look for the, the Royals. Kramer and I love Lord. when other teams do it. The Blue Jays do it. The yeah. Cardinals do it. There are other teams that do the powder blue, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, Kramer wore his powder blue Cardinals jersey at the game as a total Richard move from one Kramer Sansom. That should be Richard of the week. Well, he's close. He was close, but I didn't, I didn't want to shame Kramer. He also said that Shohei Otani is going to get $800 million. <laughs> <laughs> And he said it with a straight face. I was like, Otani's going to get a Mahomes contract, right? Like, he's going to get like $500 million. He's like, eight. I was like, what? Eight million? He needs to get away from the Angels. You know, I've always called that team. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the uh, Barnum and Bailey Circus. Yeah. That's all they are is the circus side. So they're the two best players in the world, the two best MVP frontrunners, and they can't win, which is really sad. That just shows you how valuable individual players are in Major League Baseball. And the two best players in the American League all play for the same team, and they can never sniff the playoffs. Mm. And it, it's it's sad what happens to that team when Otani's as good as he is and Trout is as good as he is, and that team can't win. Just don't become a sideshow. So we have a topic a little bit later, and I want to get your opinion on this because WrestleMania is this weekend, right? So we have the biggest – it's the Super Bowl of wrestling. Um, what professional athlete right now would make the best WWE wrestler? Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge. No personality. Yeah. You're going Aaron Judge. Well, I think he could have personality. Okay. I think it brings it out of – you know, at different times can bring it out of – but he's just so big. Yeah. He's just that fear factor. You know, as tall as he is, as big as he is, I think people are kind of a, afraid of what Aaron Judge is. But, you know, he's the modern-day guy, the, the modern-day guy, the gladiator that walks out there that's just so big that everybody's afraid of. Um, but I would pro- I, mean, I would love to say Trout, but, again, we're talking personality. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Aaron Judge is a wild personality, but he's got the size, man, that I think could back it up. 
Yeah, so Henry Lake's up here, obviously, Minnesota being in town. He's out here for opening day. He said George Kittle. That was his vote. Now, Kittle, yeah, yeah, I could, I could see. Now, if we went NFL, I mean, maybe Kelsey. I mean, yeah. if you want to go personality and someone that's big, um, either Travis or Jason Kelsey. Yeah. Either one of them. So some insight from the text line to help you out with your quick trip order. Somebody says, put the buffalo chicken roller in a bun with mayo, pickles, and ranch, and you've got yourself a banger. I mean, it, it's great. I mean, these gas stations are are hidden uh, mysteries. Even the high V gas stations are freaking incredible when it comes to roller, roller food. I'm a guy that really appreciates uh, food that's on a roller. So anywhere you go, and he obviously knows what he's doing, accessorizes the uh, – the uh, well, what what you call it? A buffalo dog? Mm, buffalo chicken roller. Yeah, yeah, I've had them before, and they're very good. Well, hey man, um, again, thanks for Sunday. I know the people get to hear you. You got some takes you want to rip off. You'll be uh, soon, probably working with Jed. He has a new nickname. It's Genuine Jed. I just want to let you know that before we let it's you go. It's not my new nickname, Bink. It, it's his new nickname. It's Genuine Jed. So when you when you work with Jed, let him know that that's his name. And Binkley, you have a great Friday night. Enjoy this nice warm breeze. Very strong breeze. A lot of people say it's strong. But uh, enjoy the evening, and thanks for coming on again. Dusty's the strongest one I've ever seen. <laughs> Jay Binkley of 610 Sports Radio and all your mock drafts. Jed Marshall, Dusty Likens, coming up next. It's the Richard of the Week. Say what? Shut up. Shut up, Richard. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. My consorting with a known felon? Shut up, Richard. Did you get it? Yes! Oh, Richard, I'm so happy. It's my favorite segment of the week. It's where I get to call people Richards of the Week. It should be sponsored by Dick Sporting Goods. We are awaiting confirmation from them to get a hold of this topic. Probably never going to happen. Although, you know what you could do tonight? You could listen to this podcast on a patio because it's still, what what we got? It's still 65 degrees. It's not going to get really cool until about 11, going to be 55 at 10. I might have to make the walk to downtown Lee Sum tonight and have a cocktail on a patio. What's wrong with that, Jed? You don't like downtown Lee Summit? Great vibe. Great patio. I like downtown Lee Summit. Let's go. I just worry about you, man. Why? I look great. I haven't looked this good in my entire life. And I use it because I get my walking exercise in from my house to downtown. Strike while the iron's hot, daddy. Somebody from the 785 says, Dusty, do you like sloppy Joes? Absolutely not. I think they're disgusting. I hate sloppy Joes and I hate meatloaf. Not the artist, RIP, um, but uh, just in general, meatloaf. You cannot convince me that sloppy Joes are good. Um, Richard of the Week. I don't know if you saw this last night, but there was a fan for the Oakland Athletics who was talking a whole lot of smack to a professional athlete, and it went as exactly as you can imagine. What did you say? Yeah, you called me a dumb. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, motherfucker. Calm down. Richard of the Week this week goes to that poor, lousy, dumbass of an A's fan. And the reason I say this is kind of a... Well, I'm going to use my microphone as a platform. If you try to talk crap to an MLB player or an NFL player and they come after you. Now, in this video, you can see Anthony Rendon. He's like grabbing the guy's shirt or jacket. He says, what'd you say to me? 
He said, you called me a B. And the guy says, no, I didn't. He said, yeah, you did. MFR. And he went to like slap him in the face. Luckily, he was let go or got away somehow. But I mean, here's the thing. If you're going to act like a Richard and you're going to be a Richard, you deserve the repercussions that come from being a Richard. The video's on the internet. I feel bad about the guy from the Los Angeles Dodgers who went to propose to his girlfriend. She did say yes, and then got absolutely Roman Reigns speared by security. Worth it? Maybe. Forever going to be within your life of your wedding for as long as it lasts? Probably won't last forever. Sorry. 57% divorce rate in the United States. It is what it is. 43% of it stays strong. I like 43%. That's a good number. But again, Richard of the Week, the Oakland Athletic fan. Here's my theory. And I listened to Rob and Carrington talk about this on the drive, and Rob kind of uses sports betting as a way to get people a little bit more hotter than they should be. Now, I've obviously gambled on sports quite often. In fact, we do have money tonight on Iowa. The ladies. That awesome athlete they have. We got Iowa plus 11 and a half and the under of 151 and a little two plus 264. But here's the thing. Don't be a Richard of a fan. If you're going to go out to a game and you're going to go close to somebody close enough to where they can clearly hear you say something like you're a B or blank you or all these things and then they get mad at you and they come up to your face and they want the smoke that you apparently thought you wanted, and then you're going to say at the very end of it, chill out. No, man. You need to chill out. You don't need to be this guy. You're not the one being paid to play. You don't need to go tell this guy that you've never met, you have no connection with, all these explicitives. That's just not the way it is. I just don't understand why people think these things happen. And, of course, you can imagine, if you read the thread or you look at the the, the tweets to this video, athletes have no business putting their hands on fans. And the video starts with a guy coming around the corner or coming around the other side of the seat, and he starts recording the guy and grabs him by the shirt or the jacket. So we don't really have in context what it was. But I don't need that because I know that I've been at sporting events. We've all been there. And there's always that guy. That's got to say something a little too egregious where, you know, you've seen the guy in front of you that has the son or the kid at the game and turns around. And it's like, really, man, really? And again, alcohol probably played a part into this. Maybe sports gambling played a part into this, but whoever that guy's friends are, or he considers his friends, they weren't good friends because I've had times I've had times when I've had to look at my buddies and just been like, hey, 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 come on. You know, you always have that over-eccentric friend that thinks that they know more about the game than the actual athletes that are playing the game. But again, this fan from Oakland deserved every bit of it. And I don't have a problem with the athlete putting his hand on the guy's jacket to confront him. Athletes will be best all the time. They tend to ignore the crowd. Now, I know there are different stories, and there's different videos that have emerged in the, pre, in, the, in the past, like the Marcus Peters video for the Rams where he, you know, is doing it on purpose. And I think that if athletes do engage with the audience, 
they then can get everything that they deserve that comes from it. But this was clearly a situation in which an Oakland fan was heckling an Angels player. The Angels player did not like what the guy had to say. He confronted him about it. And then it was, hey, man, chill out. Oakland A's. You have a Richard of the Week as a fan. Also, your stadium sucks and your team's terrible. And Moneyball is not a good movie. Billy Bean looks nothing like Brad Pitt. Give me a break. That'd be like me having Tom Cruise play me. We all know I look more like Seth Rogen than I do look like Tom Cruise. Coming up on the other side, it's 7 o'clock. We only have two hours left. This show always flies by. Coming up on the other side, a local Kansas player has decided to clear for the draft. And, oh, by the way, Chad, did you know there's a Final Four on Saturday?